Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're home alone. You have an uneasy feeling in the darkness. Like someone or something is watching you. Why is it suddenly cold in this room? You hear footsteps, whispers, or even laughter. You go to check. You feel a presence behind you. And then the fear sets in. I'm K-Town, and you're listening to Paranormal Fears. My name is Keith Linder. I live in Bothell, a small town outside of Seattle, Washington. And um, no, uh, I had no uh, girlfriend included. We had no experience or um, brush up with the paranormal prior to this incident. Um, So we're fairly new. And to say we were caught off guard is an understatement. You know, nothing as far as Ouija board playing, looking in the mirror, screaming Bloody Mary, seances and all that. You know, I'm an IT professional. Uh, I'm an IT project manager. So my career has always been in the technical background. I'm originally from Texas, Austin specifically. And, um, yeah, we moved into this house in a suburb of Seattle, May uh, 1st, actually, 2012. And um, that's when the activity uh, began right away. There was no get settled. It just started. Yes. It just started. Wow, that's, that's amazing there. Let, let me ask you something. Were you guys like initially when you started to um, have some things happen to you? Were you, I mean, I would, but were you trying to immediately try to, you know, dismiss it? You know, I'm seeing stuff that really didn't happen uh, I would say dismissive would be a good word to use in the sense of, number one, um, the activity started off gradually. And it was things that you could normally easily disavow right off. Like, example, um, within weeks or days of moving in, objects or items, personal items, became or went missing. You know, I lost... Uh, my extra set of car keys. Tina, her name, Tina, would come to me and say um, her jewelry is missing. And we had no kids, no pets. So it was only two people in the house. So there's no suspects or culprits. But just little nuanced things of, you know, you it's a two-story home. You wake up in the morning, you go downstairs, start your work day. And um, all the kitchen cabinet doors are open. I mean, wide open. Like somebody just, you know, not necessarily rummaging because nothing's out of order, but every kitchen cabinet door is open. And you close them and you, you, you ask your girlfriend, hey, were you down here 
last night or, or vice versa? And the answer is no. And so that was weird. That, that, that was really weird. But we thought early on, especially when the kid toys and we have no kids started appearing out of nowhere, uh, right in the open, wide open places, we thought we were being pranked. We thought previous tenants or kids in the neighborhood somehow, one way or another, got into the home while we were asleep and did all this stuff, which is pretty bold in itself, but that's what we were looking at and thinking, okay, so then I changed the locks. I went in, you know, changed all the locks, installed a home security system, motion monitoring system, camera system, and everything still happened. So now, and we're like, okay, this is, you know, where, where's this going? But while you're having those conversations, it was one night we were watching uh, a movie, me and Tina, sitting side by side, and Tina had this four-foot-tall plant by the entertainment center, by the TV. And I kid you not, uh, just out of the blue, um, no warning whatsoever, it rose up, it darted up. I don't say it slowly rose up. No, it darted up off the ground and did a 360-degree spin in the air and then fell over in our direction, a few feet from our, our, our feet. And me and Tina, I mean, saw it at the same time. And I remember we looked at each other and one of us asked the other the question of, did that just happen? You know, and by then, when we saw the plant levitated, okay, we knew this. This is ghost related, but haha, maybe not. Maybe somebody got a remote control device and ah ha ha, plant a joke on us. So we went into the plant and looked for electronic whatever. But it's Tina's plant. She brought it when she moved into the home, and we found nothing. And then I remember Tina or me saying to each other, uh, I think we have a kid ghost. Now, the reason why we asked that question to each other is because the kid toys that we were finding throughout the house and the day we went to sign the leasing papers, meaning to move into the home, the homeowner, when he left, it was just me and Tina in the home. The house is empty. There's no electricity running. There's just nothing. It's, it's quiet. It's empty. And we're just sitting on the floor just talking about the home where we're going to put stuff when we move in. And out of the blue in our conversation, we hear a kid cough. And the kid cough was very distinct and real. It sounded like it came from one of the rooms upstairs, one of the guest bedrooms. And once again, we not, I mean, this is early on. This is even before we move in. This is the day we signed the leasing papers. So we haven't even moved in yet. And I looked at Tia, she looked at me, and we're like, was that a kid cough? But having no brush with the paranormal because I heard I, I later learned on that's not unusual what we heard but I, I, early on we were like that had to have come from outside and you just shrug it shrug it away and ignore it and go on by your your day until things start piling on and, and what I wrote in my first book uh, The Bothell Hell House was the day the plant levitated was probably from their side looking at us of you know, we got to ratchet up a little bit. These guys are never going to get it. They're about to be haunted. Um, so it's a gradual thing. And then we went to the internet that same night to look up. How can you tell your house is haunted? I mean, how, what, are, what are the five or top ten things you can tell if your house is haunted? And we were passing it with flying colors. Missing objects. 
objects that you don't own that you're finding. You mean uh, objects? Let me go back to the objects that are lost and never found or just found somewhere else in the house? Never found. Wow. Never found. Tina never found the jewelry that she reported missing. My car keys, as well as other stuff, are still missing to this day. Now, in addition to that, later on, objects would get moved around the house. But I, in the early stages, things just disappeared. My favorite coffee cup, the one my mom gave me when I moved to the state of Washington, um, missing, forever gone. Uh, wallet, gone. ID, uh, gone. Um uh, other things, uh, watch gone. Just little trinkets that you know, silverware. One of the things we noticed within weeks of moving in was a shortage supply of silverware. You, know, you go grab a knife or fork, and one night I was looking for a knife or fork, and I couldn't find one in the drawer, so I had to go to the dishwasher. <clears throat> and I asked Tina, I'm like, I could have sworn we had more knives or silverware. Like, you know, why am I always searching for a spoon and Tina had the same retort to me because she's like, are you, are you throwing away the silverware when you get done with dinner? I'm like, no. But these are the things from a new person coming in, you know, the poacher guys, and that's what it was later determined to be, the, a poacher guys. Uh, numerous cases start off this way. Gradual snowball effect. They're getting used to you. You're getting used to them. Uh, it's going to really get hectic in a, in, a, in, a, in a few minutes here, but it's very gradual, very subtle, and then like a, you know, like a light switch internally, bam, you're, you know, and after that plant, here's a fan, yeah, bam, it, it was next the next day, haha, welcome to hell. Bam, oh wow! Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. Stay right there for one second. That was a great. All right. Wow, this is interesting here. Um, I'm I'm interested about the toys. What what kind of toys were you finding? Were they boy toys, girl toys, and what were you doing with them after you found them? Uh, both actually. The toys we were finding were, for girls it was trinkets. It was girl jewelry, girl earring, a bracelet, which is interesting because Tina's jewelry is missing. Now the jewelry we're finding is not Tina's, and when I say they're displayed openly, I mean on the staircase on a coffee table. They're put on objects that we brought into the house. So you can't, we're not, we're not ever thinking, oh, the previous tenant left it here because we're finding jewelry or kid toys on coffee tables, on kitchen tables, kitchen counter that we have now since moved in. And um, yeah, so female jewelry. On the boy's side, it was like the little Hot Wheel car, Tonka cars or toys and things like that. Very small, miniature, uh, but very noticeable. And Purposely, I say purposely, put in places where you had to see it. It's not one of those instances where it's behind a fridge or, or an appliance. It's always in your direct path. And I later learned, like I said, I'm, I'm, I was new then, still sort of new now, but I know enough now to work. This is how the poltergeist or, or spirit or whatever <clears throat> gets your attention. You know, they don't want nothing they do is in vain or, or, or they wish nothing they do is in vain. We got all the toys and collected them, and we had a special drawer. That's how, that's how often this happened, where we would put um, the items that we found that didn't belong to us in this drawer in the kitchen. Why? I don't know. I just felt it important to start saving this stuff. One of the things you might appreciate is that out of all the toys that we found, we found toy spiders. Now, one thing I remember, it was a conversation me and Tina was having one night in bed, and 
I have a fear of spiders. And we talk about spiders for a great length of time. And sure enough, days and weeks on after, toy spiders start appearing. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. That's creepy, too. Did you guys think it was a... Uh, a child spirit at the time. I mean, when you start seeing all these toys and, you know, your cabinets are opening, things like that. I mean, were you were you guessing it was a child spirit at yeah, the time? Yeah, and that's what we were hoping. It's sort of relief. People said, well, why are you running around away? Well, understand, when all the early stuff started happening, we did think it was a child spirit because we went to the internet. internet said, hey, you might have a child ghost in your hands. This is what you should do. You should, you know, don't yell or scream. Talk gingerly to it. Ask it, you know, what it wants, or ask it to go into the light. And we're very new, and we're just, I mean, we're printing instructions off the computer and doing this in our living room. So we thought it was a child ghost, and that's a reasonable assumption because of the things we've seen, going back to the kid cough and the kid toys. When me and Tina dropped that theory, was when things became turn violent we're like whoa because the instructions on the internet were like hey these things take time but over time they generally leave and if it's a kid spirit it might be lost or confused you know become a, a, a parental role and sort of guide it to wherever it needs to go and we did we we, we, we tried but the reaction so, so you started speaking out loud to it and yeah. saying go into the light or what do you want or stuff like yeah. that yeah and you asked the question like you know in the living room what do you want? And you look at the ceiling or whatever, and all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Well, that, that was not the reaction we was expecting. Or go into the light, be at peace or whatever. And then a plant resting on a, you know, on a table or something goes flying across the room. And we're like, whoa, okay, stop that. Cut that out. Are you having dinner? You're just having dinner. We're watching TV and a plant goes flying across the room. Boom. You know, there's no warning. There's, 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 there's never a warning. And then you, we get up, like the instructions said, hey, that's not nice. Don't do that. Tina liked that plant. Her aunt gave it to her. What do you want? You know, go into the light. Boom, boom, boom. And we like, okay. And the day I think it was a realization that we realized, I don't think it's a kid, ghost, was the day I think me and Tina were laying in bed and we were talking and the bedroom door slammed shut in the middle of our conversation. I kid you not. Oh, wow. It was open. It was, it's the door opens inward. So for it to slam shut the way it is, it was not the wind, it was not the breeze, um, Something has to reach in to close this door. You got to reach into the room to close it, or or be outside. behind it, or be right or be behind. behind. Yeah, or yeah, be right behind. Mm-hmm. It. And it's several feet from our bed, and we we're in deep conversations, pitch black. We're just talking, and all of a sudden, I think we said we we laughed something. We laughed jokingly about this ordeal. We was like, "Ha ha, this is crazy, dude!" You know, it's like, and then all of a sudden, boom, and the door slammed shut. And then I looked at Tina. And I remember I went to work the next day because we've been talking to churches and churches have, at this time have come in and blessed the home, saved or smudged. But none of that was working long term. And, and I went into work the next day and I, and I, I told my secretary, I'm like, I don't think we got a kid ghost because everything is violent. 
you know, we're not, I'm not getting Casper love here, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was just, and you don't know where this is going. Like, like where's this going? Where is this going? And only they know. And, and like I said, it's going to get way, 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 way worse. Okay. So let me ask you this. Um, say for instance, okay. The plant, actually just flying across the room are you guys looking at like you see it actually pick up and fly or after it's landed or hit something or what whatever there's two um vantage point or two instances about the plants you never see it launch or we did what you see is a plant in flight or a plant like, like I'm in my office and Tina's upstairs in the bedroom watching TV. I'm in my office and you hear a loud crash. A loud crash comes from somewhere in the house. We meet in the hallway, follow the noise to where we think we heard the crash. And lo and behold, there's debris. There's a broken plant somewhere in the kitchen or living room. That's one example. The other example is, like I said, eating dinner, watching TV or in my office. And something zooms by your peripheral and crash okay and then you go responding like, aha the plant is obliterated now this is very interesting you know, I talk about this in book 2 or book 3 um, this is very interesting about this phenomenon that I, I learned about other phenomena and what researchers are still scratching their heads over is sometimes there will be instances where you would hear the crash before the debris or destruction this is the weirdest thing ever and what I mean by that is you're typing on your computer surfing the internet, right? And you hear a crash, boom. And you go to the direction of that crash, nothing's there. Nothing's out of place, nothing's out of order. The plant over there is fine. The leaves are fine. Everything's good. You swear, am I losing it? You go back into your office or whatever, or doing dishes or cooking. Five or ten minutes later, you go past that area, not looking for the plant or anything. You're just going by your normal routine, and there's debris on the floor. Of what of debris matches what it matches what you heard ten minutes prior. That happened a lot with plants, wine bottles, beer bottles. Um, you hear the crash and respond, and there's nothing there. You go back, and then there's debris there. The flip side of that is vice versa. There's debris there. Why did I not hear that break? I mean, you and me, we throw something on the wall, it's going to make a sound. There's debris there, scattered, it's a mess. You know, you should have heard that. You was only in the next room over. Nothing. Until later, the noise. And I, I don't know anybody who can explain that. You know, because that's to me, just defies are no laws of physics. Uh, physics, right, right, works. right. You know, and like I said, that happened a lot. One time Tina was home by herself. I was at work and uh, she's texting me frantically. I said, Donna, hey, I was in downstairs and I heard what sounded like a piano crash. We don't have no piano, but it sounded like a piano crash upstairs from one of the bedrooms. I'm like, what? what are you talking about? It's like, oh, a piano. I'm like, and then I went home, and she's like, sound like it came from the guest room. Well, we don't have a piano. There's nothing to destroy. But I believe when she says that, because that happened all the time. You hear noise. I mean, especially when you go to bed or sleep. You, you'd be deep in your sleep, and you hear a crash, and boom, you respond to it. You know, some, not all the time, but sometimes there's nothing there right away. 
And I later learned that's been reported in other poltergeist cases. That is so strange, you know, because sound, it you're going to have sound anytime something is thrown or whatever. It makes the vibration throughout, you know, the air. So, you, you know, you're going to you're going to hear it. So how in God's name is that possible for something to actually crash or you hear that something's crashed? Nothing's happened yet, but you come there. back and you hear it. I mean, that is. Yeah, it just God, that's riddles of mine. It almost like I said, drives you crazy. It drives your brain crazy because how we live in our three-dimensional space, one-dimensional time. It drives us crazy because we can't make heads or tails of it. I can't, you know. And I'm like, the sound is so loud. You're going to hear it in any part of the house. And then to go in that area and there's nothing there, until minutes later, you know, a valuable pottery or vase. One of my mom's vases that she gave me, I mean, it just obliterated, you know. So, wonder, wonder why the plants, though, Keith. I mean, it seems like it just didn't like plants. I mean, did it mess with any other like heavy type big objects in your house? Well, I think the I plants was... were. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I think the plants were because Tina, I, I, you know, we had our own separate houses when we prior to moving in. I, I had no plants. Tina had a, a gazillion of them, and I think this was just they were just available, right? They, the plants got the bad. Uh, into the stick because it was a lot of them and the, the Portuguese had a field day throwing them now when all the plants were gone yes there were other things thrown a bar stool uh, a kitchen candle holder about four or five feet tall cast iron rod uh, my office chair books bibles got thrown all the time multiple books candle holders candles themselves white candles can- holy water the, the little thing the priest gave us to they kept the holy water. He said, put this by the Bible, and they gave us the white candle. Those got thrown. Wine bottles got thrown. Beer bottles got thrown. Uh, the day after a party, you know, you, you collect all the bottles from the night before, and you put them in the receptacle, recycle, receptacle. And midday, the next day, they're, they're being thrown like bullets, you know, but like, bam, 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 bam. You know, it's wow. like, so it's going to get um, very... The, the largest object to be thrown was a armoire that took me and two other dudes to carry upstairs. Heavy thing. Things about, I don't know, I'm 6'5, it's about 6'3. The armoire is, but it's wide, bulky. And it's not sectional, so it was a pain bringing that thing upstairs. <clears throat> and it got thrown around so much. I mean, I mean and there's pictures in, in my book of it. It got thrown around so much. We had to pick that thing up so many times and reseed it. And finally, to one day, it was just in shambles. You mean it was getting completely knocked over? Knocked completely over. knocked over. Wow. Thrown like an empty tissue box. Like, you know, Tin Hercules throwing something. I could not move that armor by myself. It took me and three other guys to move it. And I, we hated moving it. Because it was so heavy. And when this thing gets thrown, I mean, it's the largest thing in the house to ever get thrown by far. And it got thrown so many times. I mean, a, I got a picture of my book of how it looks sort of brand new and how it looks after the Portuguese got to it about five or ten times. Different than night and day. It's like matchsticks now. And I cannot, like, once again, wow. you're scratching your head. 
and the force, the force, because you feel the force, the level, because we respond to the noise and you walk into the room, keep in mind, majority of the time when we walk into a room of destruction, this is going to sound weird, the poltergeist is still there. The poltergeist is in the room with you because you feel the room heavy. There's a energy in there. There's a presence. You can't see it, but it's so the tension so thick and you respond and you see this armor knocked over or something else knocked over and naturally you pick it back up and reseed it or whatever leave and pray to God it doesn't happen again and guess what it does um, they're, there. they're there it's not like they throw it and leave oh he's coming let's go no 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 they're in the room with you and there were times where they were as we're leaning that up to straighten it out they're attacking other stuff, you know? So I, I always tell people, yeah, yeah, that's how it was. And I'm not hearing you say it and I don't want to assume it scared you, but it has, I mean, at this point, is it scaring the, the hell out of your girlfriend? At oh, this point? Yes. I mean, we're, we're both scared. There's, there's different levels of being scared and fear. And like all things with Portuguese, it's a gradual thing. Uh, you graduated into the new scared or fear category, and we did. Early on, when all this stuff, it's fear or scary because it happens abruptly, without a warning. Boom, boom, boom. You know, it's scary to be taking a shower and the bathroom door slams shut while you're in the shower and the lights go off. That's just scary. That's just, you know, you don't have to put paranormal aside. That's just scary. And it happened a lot. Or an object gets thrown at you while you're taking a shower, or the fire alarm goes off while you're sleeping and there's a fire a bible on fire those are scary things wait 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 you you mean to tell me a bible actually caught fire oh three bibles caught fire in, in the bothell home three wow. for us three bibles mm. caught fire one of the controversies about this case was three bibles catching fire um you know Two, not the ones that caught fire, but two additional Bibles are still missing to this day. I had a Bible thrown at me, going back to the shower, I had a Bible thrown at me while I was taking a shower. It was resting on the bookshelf. Most of our Bibles rested on the hallway bookshelf. was thrown at me um, with so much force. I mean, it, 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 you know, it, it moved the shower curtain, and then the lights went off and the door slammed. Lights off, door slammed. Shoom. You know? Uh, that Bible is, is missing to this day. I'll put it back on the on the bookshelf after calling the priest and whatnot, but it went missing a few few days later. Um, so yeah, those, those levels of fear. The for me, because people always ask, what what scared you the most? What, what scared you the most? And Ghost Adventures did a sort of uh, semi reenactment of of this incident on the uh, the episode where. The poster fire in my office. I, have, I had a Final Fantasy poster on my wall in my office. And this is, I think, spring 2014. And Tina had just left for work. The house was so much, had so much activity the night before. We smudged, or Tina smudged the house the night before. Uh, and then we went to bed. I, I later learned we should have did that. But I got up in the morning after, got in the shower. Tina's gone. She kissed me goodbye. Five minutes later, the alarms go off. Bang, 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 bang. And I'm, I've heard alarms before. I know it's not good. I run out the door and I run through my back, 
our bedroom and I step into the hallway upstairs on the landing and um, something runs past me. I'm in the doorway. You can't see it. You just feel it was a force. You know, the, the closest thing I can compare it to is try if you ever change your tire on the side of a busy highway and the traffic just zoom and zoom and zoom in while you're dealing with your car problem and you're that close to the road and there's only a white line dividing you, but cars are still zooming. But you got to get that tire changed so there's nowhere else to go. So imagine if 18 wheelers pass you by and the force that they take with that wind almost wants to suck you into the traffic with it. That's what I felt when it ran past me. And it's thundering down the stairs. So I'm hearing sound now. So I got multiple sensors activated. It just ran past me. The front door opens wide. There's nobody in it. The front door just opens wide. Hollywood does a good reenactment when they show you all those open door slam scenes in movies. Because the front door did open. And it slammed immediately shut. That's it. Me running on adrenaline and probably instinct. I ignore the smoke coming out of my office and dart down the stairs and go to my front door thinking I'm going to, when I open the door, see an intruder leaving my house. Uh -uh, my door is cement shut, which was open a few seconds ago. And Ghost of Vision did a good reenactment of this. Uh, I cannot open the door. I cannot twist the lock. The lock will twist, but it will, it's like a force was open, was holding that door, you know, here I am trying to open it, and something else is like, no, no, no. I called 911 to report the fire in my office. And I kid you not, when the 911 operator answered, and I said, hey, I want to report a fire, da 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 da, gave her the address, said, well, what's your address? I gave it to her. Every time I would utter my address, the phone would break out in immense static. Only the time I gave my numbered address. You know, to where she asked me three times. And I think the third or fourth time she finally got it. And then when the fire department arrived, Tina soon after, because I called her too, um, the door released itself. It was like, ah, the Calvary's arrived. That was the most scary episode for me for numbers of reasons of the fire the level of targeting, I call it targeting in my book, where the Portuguese spirit targets or goes after one person. It waits for the other person to physically leave to, to target you. Right, right. And right. Tina has had her own, Tina has her target stories too, where she's been attacked in the home when I'm away on business or at work or, or somewhere. And that was my horror story. I mean, there's plenty of others, but that, that's the number one because there were so many things happening around me that morning. Number one, the thing that ran past me to this day when I'm still trying to figure out what was that, you know, because it was coming from the direction of my office, which where the fire was. The fire department arrived to my office. I had put the fire out, but they wrote in their own records, no root cause as to why a fire, a poster just don't catch fire by itself. But of course, they're not going to write down paranormal, but that was a spontaneous combustion of a poster to catch a fire, uh, which is documented in other Portuguese cases, which is called the pyropotas. There's Portuguese and there's specific cases out there uh, of reports where a spontaneous fire erupts in people's homes. And unfortunately, our home is one of them. And the thing that ran past you, was it a form, a human form? Is that what you're nope. saying? You just could, oh, it wasn't. It was, okay. No, no, no. Uh, you felt the force. 
you felt the the gravity of it. Like I say, it, it wanted to pull me in as it was zooming by, visible to the naked eye. Wow, that's crazy. That is crazy. And so, is that the last time, like a, a spontaneous fire, besides the Bibles and your poster? Is that the first and last time this happened to you, or last no, time? Be more. Oh wow! I see that one happened. Two more Bible fires will come after that. And maybe because that was spring 2014, so fall of 2014, before Ghost of Ages arrived, they, they arrived in winter of 2014. My clothing that I'm wearing caught fire. And that's extremely rare in Portuguese cases. And, and, and people say, well, you know, and, and if you're right, to, you're right to think, well, that's dangerous. Yeah, that's very dangerous. There are Portuguese cases on record where the house occupant or what they call the, the target person or the agent or whatever, clothes have caught fire, not to the degree of, you know, burning them severely or, or, or killing them that we know, the ones on record, but still nonetheless, um, the day my clothing caught fire was the day my two computer monitors in my office caught fire. Me and Tina were sleeping. We were so sleep deprived. I remember that day. We were so sleep deprived. It was a Sunday. And one of the things that happens when you experience Portuguese is you become so sleep deprived because they don't stop when the sun goes down. You know, they they, they keep it going. Um, and so you get so little sleep. You're, you're sleeping on. That's a good point. I mean, this was happening to you day and day, night, day correct? And seven days, seven to seven gotcha. days a week mostly. So they don't sleep. Uh, you're lucky if you get five hours of sleep uh, every two days. So we're tired. This Sunday, we're tired. we got a little sleep, but we're trying to sleep. And then the fire alarms go off. And like I said, when the fire alarms go off, it's you know it's not going to be good. We just know, but you don't know what horror awaits you. Because right now, we've had fires. alarm goes off. We respond to Bibles on fire. Had fire alarms go off. I responded to my poster on fire. Okay, what is what is this going to be? And once again, smoke is billowing out my office. I run in there, Tina right behind me, and my two computer monitors, which I was sort of my central command center for all this phenomena, was on fire. Now, the two monitors are side by side. They're 27 inches apiece. Side by side are just blazing. And I knew, okay, this is the monitor. I don't think I want to throw water on it. We're just going to have to douse this fire. And me and Tina started dousing it with clothing and whatnot and nothing was working nothing would douse these flames or you put the flames out and they reignite when your back is turned and finally tina in in an act of desperation i remember she ran past me to the guest bedroom and pretty strong and just and this so you know her level of panic and desperation because I don't know if anybody can duplicate this in a calm manner she yanks the shower curtain you know, off the rings, 12 or 24 hours, yeah, those rings, yeah. clean off. <laughs> you know? And passes me again and just smothers both computer monitors with the shower curtain. You know, so the heat's melting through the, the, through the mountain and it's smelling all this. But it works. And it worked, but the room is a mess. It's this black smoke. It's that plastic motherboard smoke coming from the computer. And 
oh man, we open up the window and the black smoke is just billowing out to the neighborhood. I'm surprised the neighbors didn't call the fire department. I, I really had to this day, but well, it was early in the morning, about five or six a.m. And we're sitting, or we're looking at this fire smoldering, and we turn our back, and it goes on again, flame on. Whew. You know, like somebody threw ignition fluid on it and threw a match at it. And we had to do it again. And finally, the second time, we got done. And we stepped away. The fire is extinguished. And we're, like, looking at each other. Tina looks horrible. I look horrible. We look like death. Both, we both look like death. And all of a sudden, I don't know, Tina, as soon as she said it, she, Tina starts ripping off my clothes. She said, your clothes is on fire. And as soon as I could hear that, she yanks off my, like I said, in act of desperation, Tina's strong. She rips off my, my, my shirt. <laughs> and I, by the time I turn around, she's, Tina's got my shirt on the ground and she's stomping. And I'm looking at my shirt, not the front of my shirt, the back of my shirt got all these burnt holes in it, circles, like cigar burnt marks, smoldering and all that. And I looked at her, and she's like, and I just dropped my head. I think, I think we just started bawling. We, I mean, we were done. You know, we called the priest, the Catholic Church. You know, it was a Sunday, so got voicemail. And we couldn't raise our, our normal paranormal teams or whatever. And we were just like, and I, and I wrote this in my book, and I was honest. I, I wrote this part of my book of what I was thinking, because we were just sitting on the floor in the hallway. And I, and I, and I told myself, I think we're gonna die here. I think, yeah, this is, yeah, this is not gonna end good. Yeah, this is this is getting really real right here. I mean, you guys are in real, real danger. Yeah. With everything catching on fire, and that's usually a crescendo moment, you know, with poltergeist cases, everything just burns, yeah. burns to the ground. Yeah. Um, I have to ask you this uh, about other phenomena. Okay, so you know, I've read stories about like coins. Appearing, there might be some water phenomena happening where you can't figure out where the water is coming yep. from, or it's coming out of the faucet, and even though they're turned off. I mean, did you guys experience any of that? Yeah, there's a, there's a yeah, I believe there's a chapter in my first book titled "Dimes" or something, but I talk about it in great length. Um, there was there was a campaign in 2014. Throughout all the mainly I've just told you, there's like different levels of poltergeist phenomena. Um, I would find these coins dimes always a dime and i would find them in weird places sort of like the kid toys early on and first you know you find a dime or whatever you're like okay must have fell out somebody's pocket or mine and you put it away but then you start finding these dimes in like in the sink the bathroom sink or the dime is on the floor in the shower or the dime is on the floor dead center in the hallway so about the fourth or fifth time i pick up these dimes i realize ah Okay, this is what they're doing. Let me just read what this dime says. You know, what year is it? Okay. And all the dimes that I was picking up were 1969 dimes. Just, that was the year. Now, I had a jar. Like I said, once I find stuff, I put it in the jar. I, I had a jar, and I start putting these dimes in because now I'm a little bit seasoned on the phenomena. I want to know if it's the same dime. So I start putting the dimes in this jar in my closet. And every time I would find a dime, I would go, oh, it's the same dime? And I go to my closet. No, it wasn't. It's just my dimes, the other dimes are still there. 
Well, one day I was coming upstairs and there was a dime in the middle of the of the landing of the hallway upstairs. And I remember I picked it up and I said, Hey, talking out loud, hey, are you guys leaving these dimes for me? And I said, if y'all are leaving these dimes for me, something to that effect. If y'all are leaving these dimes for me, can you make it rain dimes? Can you just show me, give me a sort of sign? How could I know you're leaving these dimes? I said, tell me, give me some sort of indication of how you are leaving these dimes for me. Because at that point, I knew, but I didn't know. Because I was finding dimes in my car, on my steering wheel, on the brake pedal. I mean, literally, a dime on the brake pedal. Where do you, who, how does a dime get on the brake pedal? And right. Oh, now that is interesting. It's following you outside your oh, home. Yeah, it worked. Dimes, it worked. Dimes, yeah. Um, so I asked, I, I need a sign or something. Give me, how, how do, are you guys leaving these dimes? And I turn my back, about to go back downstairs, and I hear this noise. And I turn around, it's raining dimes in my hallway. Like 30. From where? The ceiling? The, coming so, from the some, direction from somewhere. of the ceiling. I'm not going to say ceiling, ceiling, but coming from the direction of the ceiling. These dimes are just littered in a, in a, in a, in a split second. As soon as my back was turned, as soon as I said, show me if you're the ones behind these dimes, and I sort of shrugged it off, not taking myself seriously, like, these guys ain't gonna show me. What are they gonna do? Say yeah. And I turn back around. And there's all these dimes. And then I turn around like, oh, I guess they answered my question. Yeah, so I, I it was about, let's see, how many dimes did I pick up? Oh, it was about 60 to 80 dimes. Do you still have them? You still yeah, have them? I still have them. the dimes, yeah. They're in the jar. Wow. Okay, let me ask you something. Okay, so at this point, at some point, naturally, you guys are renting a home. You don't own it. You know what I'm saying? And you, you're witnessing things that are just terrifying at this point. Are you going to your landlord and saying, Liz, you're going to have to tell us something? You know, there's all kinds of things happening. What's going on with the house? Thank you for listening. I invite you to follow my other podcast, Mysterious Radio. Please share this show with others that are interested in the paranormal. I want to give a special thanks to our co-creator and executive producer, Kim Kyle, who brought this show to you today. And working hard behind the scenes, our team of four, I want to thank them as well. I am your host, K-Town, and you're listening to Paranormal Fears. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.